right, here we go, Snow Jobs Nation. We are back, bringing you episode nine of our dusting series. As always, I'm Steve, and you all know my co-host, the snow management master himself, Mr. Jeremy Lindstrom. Jay, how you doing, bud? Not too bad. Not too bad, Steve. How are you? <laughs> you didn't like Snow Wizard, so we, you know, we changed it up. Oh, I got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got a good one for next week. I bet. I can hardly wait. Everything done? Snow is over? Snow is over? Yeah. Yeah, we had our party on Monday night. And uh, yeah, I guess we pushed the little piles up yesterday for Menards. But yeah, otherwise, we're cleaning everything up, moving on. You're still pushing piles? Won't it just melt? Yeah, the parking lot is pretty full. They didn't, right. They're losing parking on the weekends. And everybody Money's money. Yeah, we'll do it. If it's there, it's white, we'll move it's it. green. You got it. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, we are both very happy to have our friend Michael Santalucito from Outdoor Pride in New Hampshire back with us to do another dustings for you. Michael always has a lot of great information from a larger company perspective, you know, which can be extremely helpful to smaller companies who are looking to take that next step in operational efficiency. So, Michael, welcome back. How you doing, brother? I'm good, guys. How you doing? We're good. Doing good. good. Doing real Still good. plugging away into hey, the listen, uh, bane of our existence here now. I'm going to apologize real quick. I have a feeling my email is going to go off like crazy during this, so I, I'm sorry for the ding that, go, that goes that goes. It is what seconds. it is. It won't be the worst. Brandon it's doesn't shut his notifications off either. Yeah, Steve, exactly. Steve will whine about it. He'll whine <laughs> about it later. <laughs> I'll try and edit it. I don't know. All right, Mike, take us away, bud. What do you got for us today? All right. Well, you guys did a, a great segment on demobilization for uh, postseason stuff. So I'm going to kind of take you guys through what I've kind of built over the years with my colleagues and, and myself and our clients on what we do for, you know, end of season operations on our properties, whether they're larger scale with stuff that stays on site for, you know, like stay at home landscape crews that don't leave the property for the year. Or uh, if we got some sites with maybe some parking restrictions that we get to get some stuff out of there, whether it's the material, the bins, the equipment, all that fun stuff. But the the first thing I always like to start with with my clients is I'll do a postseason site walk with you know them, their boss, or any of their maintenance facility heads for any damage from the season, which is pretty basic. I mean, I'm sure we all do this to a point, but we uh, like I told you before, we utilize site photos, which sounds like a lot of guys that come on the show do, which is great. It, it, it's a awesome awesome platform for guys like us to use for documentation and time stamping stuff <clears throat> so we use uh, site photos at the beginning of the season for a new contract or an old contract we take photos of everything that's pre-existing that wasn't from us or was you know during the landscape season maybe a truck ran over an island and you know broke off some concrete curbing that maybe deteriorated as is or you know some tree damage from passing vehicles you know stuff like that so that the next year when we do this walkthrough, we can kind of have that all ready to go in a nice little PDF folder for the client to see, like, you know, when they call it out, like, hey, what, what happened over here? We can say, oh, yeah, this is from us. This is not from us. Just having that having that backup could save, you know, any size company, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands Absolutely. of dollars in, in repairs, which is huge for us because we already, you know, our margins are already so tight in the snow season because what we have to pay the guys, what we have to pay our overhead. As we saw with the insurance episode, what we got to what we got to pay those guys every year, like every little dollar adds up, which uh, is tough for us. But you know, having those photos and documentations is is really a good stepping stone to not only ensuring that you look good in front of the client, like yeah, we're we're looking out for you guys as much as we are for us, but 
you know, more so just looking out for what you got on the horizon for repairs that you get to hop on pretty quick. You know, we, uh, this year we didn't have a great frost. So naturally we just got turf damage galore from walkway equipment or oh, yeah. the metal pluses or the trucks, like whatever it is, like we got most of that wrapped up now, a lot of irrigation repairs wrapped up now for corners and, uh, and parking lot Island stuff. That's pretty easy target, but you know, you, you get a few signs every now and then someone might slide into that gets bent or knocked over that you get to reinstall, or maybe there's a light baller that, you know, one of our vent tracks went by, you know, and rubbed up against it. We didn't notice it. So just repainting that or fixing the, uh, the light pole, if it fell over, you know, it's a simple, simple repair stuff like that. You can usually get to it pretty quick and having a timeline for that stuff for your client is huge because they're going to want it done obviously ASAP, but yesterday, st- <laughs> yeah, yesterday, if you can stick to a timeline, you know, you can make their lives easier by helping them answer to their boss when they can expect that stuff to be done. Cause they're usually looking at it every day. You know, we're not on that property every day. So it's harder for them than it is for us to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that post se- uh, season walkthrough, you'll kind of look at your staging area as well. I know we look through ours pretty extensively. A lot of our equipment is within two or three years of age or brand new, depending on the site. So we don't really look too, too much for any oil staining from any leaks. Cause usually we already, after the pre-storm and post-storm walkthrough, we know what's, you know, in good shape for machines and what isn't, you know, we just want to make sure everything's tidy. So if we got any sand that's kicking around for some of the sand properties that we have, you know, making sure that the staging area is clean, getting everything kind of compartmentalized and buttoned up so they can have most of their parking spaces back. And, you know, we get that stuff hauled out of there as soon as we can, because usually some of these guys don't care if it's out in the back 40 and they don't have to look at it. But, you know, if it's kind of close to the building or close to the road, they may not want to see your stuff hanging around for too long. So usually before the season's over, like, you know, contract date, let's call it April 15th. Usually before then, we already have trucks lined up to haul this stuff out after that date so we don't have to wait for them to slide us into their schedule and i'm sure you guys do the same thing jeremy i'm sure you do it too with all your loaders oh yeah yeah they are we get them all back every april 15th <laughs> yeah that's no especially right. like a, no a hydraulic fluid on the parking lot at all mike what's that when you do the equipment the equipment inspections you don't have any hydraulic fluid puddles or anything like that no not usually no it's usually wherever it broke down in the parking lot it's never, it's never where they limped it back to. Gotcha. Are you are you are you inferring for his metal pluses? No. Hey, I, Listen, I there's, there's brand new loaders out there that get hydraulic leaks. We, I mean, we saw a couple posts. Somebody within our company will listen to this, and they will text me or they will call me. But I, to this date, for the eight or so years we've been using Metal Plus Max Pros, we have not had any lines blow. I don't Stop. know if we just got lucky. The only thing I know of, and it happened at one of my properties years ago, is we had a a wing piston blow apart. That's it. And we we rebuilt it in the shop. We put it back on. It was a two-day fix, and we were all set. But the Max Pros, man, we've had zero issues with. Like, a little ice in the the electrical connection here and there, but that's about it. Nothing major. There you go. Oh, ask Mitchell or yeah, Justin you've heard him. it here. Ask anybody. <laughs> hey, listen, we still have some sectionals going. We do. We still got some of the sectionals working. It's not got just it. the Metal Plus Mafia up here at ODP. There you go. Well, we well, like I said, you saw my post. I, I got my first part of my order. My orders coming in. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every plow does its job. It's the operator. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, we got I'm so just... many laughs out of that from people. People were like, "Oh yeah!" Like the Metal Plus guys were all like, "Oh, he's getting finally violent." Oh, <laughs> hey, got us. Yeah, that's great. So, after your equipment demobilization, we we don't have a lot of properties that ask us to do this. Usually, it's when they don't own the bin for the material on site. We do have to take down some, and if they do have a hoop house over it, you know, we get a schedule like. Today, I got one coming down. It's a two-day job between the truck coming to get the blocks afterwards after we take the hoop house down. Today, the hoop house will come down. The material was out like two weeks ago. We got the uh, the sand out of that bin and uh, just, you know, a timeline for that, but, you know, where to store it. You know, we try and ask them if we can store the hoop house somewhere on site where it can stay safe. But, you know, usually if, if we can keep a container on site, we'll stick it in there. But a lot of our clients uh, are okay with leaving things on sites as long as they're clean and neat and orderly. But, you know, we try and take as much back as we can so we can wash grease and uh, and get it ready for the next season, which is good. But your material is going to be your, your biggest thing to get out of there after the 15th or whatever your contract shutoff date is because you're going to want to know what you're left over with for the year. You're going to want to use it for the next year. You're going to want to make sure it's dry, safe, tucked away out of the, ra- out of the rain. So, you know pallets of calcium, pallets of magnesium, or whatever you're using, your totes for your brine, your, you know, we use a lot of the uh, 6,000 gallon standing brine tanks for a lot of our sites. So we don't really move those unless we absolutely need to, but we may empty them down to zero if we need to move it over and then fill it up for the season. We'll leave everything full for the season just so we can be ready to go and have as much storage as we can on site. And uh, usually clients are pretty receptive on it. They, they don't mind it as long as they don't see anything leaking out of the uh, leaking out of the tank, which usually happens from time to time. But we also uh, we get a lot of feedback from like the containers and the, the shovelers and all their small stuff, like just making sure that that's out of there and tight and uh, stored properly. And then from that point, we kind of we hand out a report card at the end of the year to see how we can do better with the operations of our snow team. It, like I was saying to Steve earlier, there's really, we can all improve on our operation. We're, we're never going to be perfect. There's always something new that you can learn. So having those talks with your client, you know, it makes them really understand that you're driving on the fact that you always want to be better. You want to be the vendor partner that they need, that they can trust and that they can rely on. Cause if you're, if you're going to be the guy that just, you know, waves by as your stuff leaves the site, you know, that's, that's not a great feeling in their mouth. They want to know that you, you kind of care so that when the rebid season comes, you know, that they want you as their preferred vendor, you know, they yeah, feel you like you're try to keep it team. a partnership. Yeah. Keep it a yeah. partnership. You know, yeah. we're here, you know, it's me and you, you know, it's not just us doing this, you know, we need feedback from you, the customer. So yeah, keeping it a partnership and making them feel uh, like they, you know, are involved is always a good thing. Yeah. So be like that. Well. It's also a great time to bring up any pain points that you had during the season too. Maybe oh, yeah. you need a certain piece of equipment for a pain point that the client had during the season, whether it's, you know, it your package needs another loader or another skid steer or another truck to treat with because, you know, you, you've got more people coming back to work versus, you know, during COVID when these places were empty, maybe they shaved off some of the contract to, to kind mm-hmm. of allocate some more money that they didn't need for interior COVID stuff that they were trying to figure out during that time. But you know, it's a great way to, to get with the maintenance guys for that property as well. Like, Hey, is there anything that you noticed that, you know, we can do better or that you kind of had a hard time with? Like, is there something we can do to make your life easier for next year? You know, those conversations are always really valuable to have after the season. There's not much you can do during the season because usually your, your equipment package is set 
But if they need something different for the next season, then you can already start that process to get that addendum going for the next season, which will help you out huge. Jeremy, do you have something? Oh, is it, how big are your um, site, are your uh, hoops yet and stuff you have on site? Mm, you know, I don't know the exact dimensions. The uh, The shop team builds them all for us, so they, they yeah. bring all the block down, the hoop house. If I had to guess, it's probably like 40 by 40. Oh, wow. Good size. We want to fit at least a trailer plus of salt in these bins. Okay. But Mike, for the from season? Using... Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, no, it's okay. For the, uh, the sites that we're using granular and brine, we're going to build a smaller bin because we're going to try and utilize that brine more than anything else and just use the, uh, the granular for the, uh, for the icy events. And you said you leave your brine on site all summer? Yep, we like leave those tanks load. on site all summer. And then at the you know beginning of next season, we'll take the trash pump out, we'll hook up the hoses, we'll throw it up top, and we'll just Spin turn on. that thing over. <clears throat> okay. Spin it. Mike, as far as your sites and your crews, how much of your crew would you say from one year to the next? Do you try and keep a site crew specific from year to year, like where the same guys are working the same site year after year so they're comfortable with it? Or how yes. much of your crew stays together? To a point, I would say about 50% stay together. We have a pretty healthy portfolio in our Massachusetts branch of sites that we have guys that are there all year because of the size of them. So those guys will be there for the snow season every year, regardless, unless somebody moves on or we bring in somebody new. But we use the uh, the landscape crews that are out, you know, like right now doing their spring cleanup maintenance stuff. They will be the ones, if it's on their route, they will be tied to those sites for those pieces of equipment. We do bring in a very large amount of seasonal help to fill a lot of these roles that we have because usually we're running three-man crews to do our work. So, you know, we go from like 100 employees company-wide to almost like over 400 in the winter with sure. seasonal shovelers, operators. You know, we don't really bring any subs in. If we do, we have somebody on site managing them. And usually that guy that's on site managing them is the one that's managing that site for the landscape season. So an operations manager of that caliber. Okay. So you're, yeah. I mean, that that's honestly the, the best, most efficient way to do it is keep the guys that know the site operating on yeah. the site. Right. Can't beat that. So you got to go. And most of them know the client too, which is nice because they all stay in the same communication thread that like I send out with the clients. I, I make sure everybody's tied in so they all know what's going on. So they know who they can call, who they can text, That's who smart. they can email. Yeah. That's smart. Absolutely. Just another layer. All right. That is great. You got anything else for us, buddy? No, I mean, uh, breaking down your snow sites is usually you know, pretty straightforward. You're trying to get that stuff out of there as fast as you can anyway, so you can start your, whether it's your dirt season, your landscape season, but, you know, just making sure that you leave yourself enough breathing room so that if God forbid something does happen, icing related end of the season stuff, you got something on site to handle it instead of just taking everything out, thinking that you're all done. I, I try and I live by the 70, 30 rule, 70% of the stuff after April 1st stays on site. And then the rest that we don't really need for any icing events or anything like that, we can trickle out for the landscape guys to use. And then, you know, usually dump trucks will start getting set up before managers' trucks get broken down. And we, we go through that process for demobilization. But you guys, you did a great job going through, uh, you know, how to break stuff down and fluid fill and everything, wash it. That's That was a, that was a good uh, segment that you guys did on that. That was really thorough. Yeah, I think Steve yeah. from Great Lakes found a little surprise under his floor mats when he ripped them out. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, so that was uh, that was you know that's why we're doing it. Everybody's sharing information. Everybody gets better. You know, everybody can take something away, and you know, we learn stuff. I I know I do from every guy that comes on. I learn at least one or two things. I'm like, like uh, R and D or uh, sorry, R D outdoor last week. You know, Robert talked about how he has seasonal contracts, but does salting extra on top of the seasonal. So right. I'm like, man, if I can figure out a way to sell that, that's a no brainer to try and sell that in this market. But, you know, it's not yeah. done here. So you got to find a way to make it work. Yeah. The one I, thing I did want to touch on for your your preseason and postseason photos for damage, photos, yeah. take the extra five minutes, make notes of where the photo, where exactly you were standing when you took the photos, if you can't tell, because we've had a couple disputes where we know the curbs are broken on certain sites. We take pictures of them in the preseason. And then when it you take a close up, right, you want to, you want to show the damage clearly. And then, you know, the, the property owner will be like, well, no, that's not, that's not that curb. That that's that curb. No, no, no. That was also that curb was broken, but this you is get the background in us, Steve. So you yes, know you do. So it. take two photos and, you know, take a, a, a far out shot and then a, a close up of the damage and document where you took them preseason. So postseason, you know, you can take the same exact photos from the same exact spot and match them up and show Absolutely. that you know, the stuff and- was there. So the cool thing about site photos is it does that for you in the map Perfect. that you put up. It I puts get a, site little, photos. a little blue dot on there where that photo was taken. You just click on it. It gives you your exact GPS location for it. And uh, it for guys that are not using site photos that eventually will, like you, you can do what Steven mentioned. It, it still works. But, you know, having some kind of a, a pinpoint on a map is going to be, you know, a much harder sell for the guy to fight you on, you know, yes, which curb 100%. was it. Yeah, I'm still pretty low tech. I'm 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 going, I'm growing and learning as I go, but I'm still kind of old. There's no such tech. thing. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, Steve. It's been a it's been a busy six months here. I mean, I'm on Instagram now. <laughs> we got a podcast we're doing. This is, you know, I'm I'm a guy that still world, has a flip Steve. phone. So you must have a lot of free time before this. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there's a reason why I keep the I have the two phones, but there's a reason why my personal phone is a flip phone. So it does not run my life. I can leave the smartphone somewhere and not worry about it. And yeah, but you know, having <laughs> two smartphones, phone. you can still let that smartphone run your life. The flip phone, I can text, I can call, that's it. I don't get tied up for an hour and a half and lose myself in the phone. So that's that's a good thing. That's true. Yeah, you're special. You're so special, Steve. Well, I'm at least uh I'm the fucking best. Yeah. Ah, I got sound bites now. <laughs> God, here we go. And we're off. Yeah, we, all, we right. all know that the snow guys are the guys that get blamed for everything. Yes. Hundred percent. At least we are at least we are here. I mean, that's yeah, what you gotta we're, have. The- we're low hanging fruit for stuff like that, you know. It's just yeah. we're an easy target. We always have it, the landscape season's the same thing. It's it, it's easy to blame the landscaper for, you know, brown grass or you know, something not looking right, but there's always something behind it that we can't control or usually something behind it. We can't control. I won't say always listen, just like the frivolous slip and falls, there are property owners out there that will figure out how, Oh shoot, that got damaged. You know what we could do? We could, we could blame that on the snow guy, or we could blame that on the landscaper. And you know, you, it's now basically your, your responsibility to prove that you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. You know, That's why you got to use site photos. You know, we, by the grace of God, we escaped one that there was damage to a car the damage was there already. And it just happened to be that the guys that were going to that site were unfamiliar with it. So I took a video of it two days before Mm. and just 
showing them on my phone what I wanted them to do. And it showed the car already had the damage. But the person tried to say, oh, it was when the landscapers were here. You know, they they must have hit it with their machine. And I'm like, wait a minute. When was that? No, no, no. Here, look at this. And had to show. And did they agree with you? Well, at that point, I had video evidence that the damage was there two days before we ever got there. So, you know, I had the I had the video of what I was showing my guys. I wanted them to do two days later when they showed up. So yeah. uh, you got to you got to protect yourself. It's uh, people, yeah. people are not always honest out there. I don't know if everybody realizes that <laughs> we had the no. same thing at, a, at an apartment complex where a guy said that one of our guys hit his car. So I go over there and look at it. You can, you can clearly see where the, I mean, his whole bumpers like ripped off. You could see the plow marks where the plow went into the fresh snow, and it wasn't even, it was still three feet from his car. I'm like, you tell me how my pusher got around to the front of your car and ripped your bumper off. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll talk. I said, there's no, there's no way that happened here. I mean, I didn't have yeah, a photo. Because it doesn't cost them, it doesn't cost them anything to try. Right. You know, they can try right. and blame it on you. It doesn't cost them a thing, you know. And then he's like, oh, I wasn't blaming him. I'm like, well, obviously you were. You called and you're saying we hit your car. So, yeah, you were blaming me. You weren't <laughs> calling to say hi. Yeah. So, gotcha. Yep. So, just protect yourselves out there, guys. Make sure you got the you photos. Can to protect yourself. Absolutely. You know, make sure you got the photos. And, yeah, I think that's that was great, Mike. Thank you very much. Good to have you back. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you said we can we we got somebody from Outdoor Pride that's going to do a uh, company uh, profile episode with us. We do absolutely. I'm going to get them in touch with you guys this week. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, we, at least we can do. Definitely want to uh, hear about that operation because that's a major operation. What is it? Three states. Two. Two states. So that's a that's a big uh, big operation there, and we'd love to hear more about it. I'm sure everybody else out there would. And as always, Mike, you you definitely have your shit together, and uh, we're glad yeah, you definitely. glad you came back. And well, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> oh no, you you talk very well. You definitely oh, yeah. know your job, and you know the ins I and outs. So. That. No, we, I appreciate uh, that. I got to the fire very early. Yeah, well, that's the best yeah. way to learn, right? Yeah, it is definitely. Yeah, you know what you're doing. All right, gang. All right. Well, thanks to Mike for coming back and doing another episode with us, and hopefully we'll have him back soon. And uh, that's going to do it for Dusting's episode nine. Hope that everybody enjoyed it, and you know everybody got at least one thing they could take away. And uh, that's about it. Have a safe weekend. We'll be back with the main episode Monday morning for you, and keep pushing.